0: Hey, can you give a warm Trader's Point welcome to Carson? Hey, man, uh, thanks for being here. I appreciate you taking the time to, to come back into town and have this conversation. And uh, I know we had uh, set this up like um, a while ago now. And uh, for those of you that are part of our church, I had your wife, Maddie, here on Mother's Day. She did an amazing job. She crushed it. Yes, she did. And uh, for those of you that were here. And... Maddie's, Maddie's here today. So, Maddie, good to see you. Uh, but right after Mother's Day, it was on Mother's Day afternoon, you texted me and you are like, hey, like, that was so good. Are you sure you want to have me back? Because I don't know I can live up to that. No. And I just want to say to you, you're not going to live up to that. No. Like, it's, but, uh, but something tells me you've got experience in not living up to people's expectations for you. So, you know, we're, we're in good very company. True. Hey, very come true. on, man. We can be real this about very it. true. We can be real. We'll get to all that fun stuff here in just a minute. But seriously, like, thank you for being here. And I've gotten to know you uh, off the field, and that's why you're here. Like, I just, I really, it's great that, you know, you're in the NFL. uh, But I wouldn't have you here if it wasn't for your your character and who you are. So I want, uh, I think you've got a lot to say to us. And... You know, our character doesn't get revealed when everything goes our way. Our character gets revealed when we go through trial yeah. and difficulty. And so you've had some of that uh, here recently. So I appreciate you being here. For those that uh, are uh, here and watching and have no idea what I'm talking about, they don't know who you are, uh, tell us just a little bit about Carson Wentz. Like, yeah. where'd you grow up? How'd you get here today?
1: Yeah. Um, so I grew up in North Dakota. Um, uh, grew up there, played a lot of sports, pretty much every sport, had an older brother, uh, really close with him. Um, then I ended up going to North Dakota State, uh, played five years there. I was kind of a late bloomer in high school, and then even in college, I didn't play until my junior year. Um, fast forward a couple of years, uh, ended up getting drafted to the Eagles um, in 2016, and uh, I always remember uh, my mom sent me the night of the draft, a little arts and crafts project, it was fill in the blank from like third or fourth grade. When I grow up, I want to be blank, and I put I want to be in the NFL. Mm. And she sent me that the night of the draft, and like, I mean, it was just a lot of emotions, you know, life-changing mm. emotions. Mm. Um, so pretty cool to be living out my, my childhood dream, uh, so to speak, and uh, played five years in Philadelphia, got traded here. Uh, had a lot of fun for one year here, one (laughs) quick year. Um, Got shipped out of here to Washington not too long ago. So uh, now we're in Washington going into year seven. So uh, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Um, Tell us a little bit about like your family, like the family you grew up in and then talk to us a little bit about Maddie and the girls today.
1: Yeah, so growing up in North Dakota, my parents got divorced when I was seven, um, both have lived in North Dakota, both have remarried, so I have step-siblings, uh, I have a half-brother, and then I have an older brother, Zach, who um really close with, kind of did, have done a lot of life together, a lot of good, a lot of bad, a lot of everything, and um, you probably mistake him if you're around here enough for me, uh, he's here as well, mm-hmm. uh, he runs the the foundation actually, mm-hmm. um, the A1 Foundation, so, uh, that's a bit about me growing up, and then now I have uh, my own family. Uh, so I have a wife, we've been married, uh, Maddie and I have been married almost four years, coming up here soon. Um, we have two little girls, Hadley, who's two years old, and uh, Hudson, who's seven months. And they are a ton of fun, um, smiling all the time, I mean, I said it earlier, but all the highs and all the lows within a window of about 30 seconds. So. Um, <laughs> It's, it's, it takes a lot of patience. Uh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of joy. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's been a blessing uh, being their dad and um, seeing them grow up already. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. What's
0: your favorite thing about being a dad?
1: It's a good question. Um, honestly, so Hadley, my favorite thing is probably putting her to bed um, uh-huh. because she is... So sweet, and uh-huh. that's the one time of the day she sits still um she's she's a lot like me, and then when she's tired, she crashes uh and so she'll she snuggles up with me we, we'll pray and and read a book and all that and um she's so sweet that's the sweetest time she'll ever be is right before <laughs> bed um and so those moments are probably my favorite uh right now, but honestly just seeing um being their dad is a lot of fun, but seeing my wife be a mom has mm. actually been really cool um is just kind of things changed. Like the second she had Hadley, um, she was a big sleeper before. So I was like, honey, I don't know how this is going to go with this baby thing. And you just see the mom instincts come on right away. And uh, Mm -hmm. it's been fun to to do it alongside of her and uh, see her just thriving as a mom. And, uh, you know, it's been fun.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there's a a passage in uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 13 to 14 that um, I love what Paul talks about in these two verses when he's talking about manhood in particular and I think that you know manhood and fatherhood oftentimes those can be connected and in our society um, manhood's under fire uh, many times for good reason you know there's a lot of examples of uh, bad manhood and and toxic manhood but that doesn't mean we should shy away from what it means to be a Christ-like man and I love what Paul says in First Corinthians he says he starts off this way he says hey be watchful which I love that. It's just this idea of my my head's gonna be on a swivel. I'm gonna be watching for the pitfalls that are in front of me. I'm gonna stand firm in the faith, act like men and be strong. And oftentimes we think of like strong as uh, maybe insensitive, but that's not the case because of what he says in the very next verse. He goes, let all that you do be done in love. And manhood is uh, oftentimes looked upon with, like I said, with, with suspicion in our society. So like in reference to like that verse and even like your own experience as a man and with other um, men, what do you think it means to be
1: a man? Yeah, it's a great question and the, the, the sexual orientation part of it you answered greatly uh, a couple <laughs> weeks ago, and so I'll leave that to your realm uh, some, some awesome things were discussed here uh, <laughs> but uh, no, so you know I think I think of it like this when you're young as a kid and even I mean as parents we kind of th- find ourselves doing the same thing as a kid you're as a little boy you're socialized hey be tough mm. you know if you fall hey get up be tough hey, hey don't cry you know men don't cry all of these mm. things and you're kind of you might subconsciously not even realize you're doing that or thinking those thoughts um, but it's kind of just portrays this this message that you have to be this rough tough gritty man yes. um, to be a man and so when I look at what it means to be a man obviously let's look at the bible And let's look first and foremost at the person of Jesus and uh, a verse that everyone can memorize in the Bible. You can't forget it. It says, Jesus wept. Okay. Well, there you have it. So Jesus wept. So it's okay to cry. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be uh, emotional. It's okay to have feelings. It's okay to um, do those things. I also think of King David. King David was like a man's man. I mean, he was a warrior. He took down Goliath. He did all these things. And you think of David and you think of, he's the King of Kings and he is uh, a man's man. But if you read the Psalms, that dude was an emotional heartache, like he was <laughs> all over the place. Um, and that's real, that's real to have those emotions and it's okay to to not suppress them, but to let them out. Um, and so I think to be a man, it's all about loving people, um, being real, being authentic. Uh, I think of Jesus, he came and served. He, mm-hmm. You know, he came and washed feet. He came and served and loved others, but at the same time he was convicted. So there's mm-hmm. there's this fine line of being humble and humility and um, having grace. and and love and those emotions, but at the same time being convicted. When he saw things going on in the temple that he didn't like, he walked up in there flipping tables like he was he was angry. Mm-hmm. And so you can be convicted, but you can also still walk with love and grace. And so th- that's a balance that as a man, I think you have to walk in. But oftentimes we think more of the convicted side and the, yeah. the living in this, this rough, tough, uh, emotionless side. And I don't think that's uh, really how God called us to be as men.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, I think that oftentimes, you know, uh, you know there, it's, there's a lot of truth in this phrase, you know, hurting people hurt people and hurting men hurt other men and women and kids. And so, it, you know, you could, take, you could go back to that, like um, crying piece and expressing our emotions. Like some of the most like wounded guys that I know are guys who can't like get in touch with like what it is that they feel and then how to express that. And if you don't, like it's gonna end up coming out in really sideways, unhealthy ways. And so I think that that's so important. And I think being able to model uh, and to strive for what are those attributes about Christ. I love that you mentioned that, you know, it's like he, there were times when he demonstrated some real like force but it was not at the wrong people. You know, it it's like he was able to, to decipher that. When you think about you know, attributes of a godly man, you know, what are the ones that you like, really admire in others, and then what are the ones that you're striving for in your own life?
1: Yeah, um, so I've been fortunate enough to have some really awesome mentors for different seasons of life, mm-hmm. um, really since I gave my life to Christ in college and um, just had seen attributes and, and godly things through these guys that, that I really value. Um, and the first one that comes to, to mind is just unashamed and just being bold with your faith and just you know wearing it on your sleeve so to speak from from a loving perspective um, mm. and not being being courageous to share when when it comes up and uh, also just seeing guys that just you can tell something's different about them they mm. carry such a different sense of joy when they go through the ups and the downs of life because um, we all our flesh wants to ride those waves and be really high and really low and um, as a man of Christ, as a follower of Christ, you want to stay the same and have that deep root of joy like I think was talked about uh, last week or the week prior here. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those are things I really look for is, you know, being bold, being courageous with your faith, unashamed. Um, and just that deep sense of joy that people can see there's something different. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's something I'm <laughs> walking through every single day trying to get better at. Um, but I really admire that uh, in other men.
0: Yeah, me too, man. I, 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 there's something about, um, I'll, I've shared with you, I was in Wyoming this last week and with a group of guys and one of the guys um, is in his mid-60s and just super grateful. Like he, he just, every day he just kept talking about, man, I'm just so grateful. And I was like, I asked him one morning, I said, how can you be so grateful? And he says he's been doing this exercise every day where he'll get up first thing in the morning and go for a walk and he'll run through the alphabet. And for every letter of the alphabet, he names the things that he's grateful for. Wow. And I'm like, you do that every day? And I'm like, how many things are you grateful for to start with A? And uh, you know, he's just like, oh man, there's all kinds of things, apples and armadillos, and you know, it's <laughs> like, but but I love the fact that like as as we grow older, one of the things that I'm really striving for, because life's hard, you're gonna take tons of hits, tons of criticism, and you can have a calloused heart. Or you can have a scarred heart that's still like soft and uh, I want to be, I wanna be a, a man that's marked with gratitude and humility yep. and uh, so man, amen to that I, I agree with all that. Um, tell us a little bit. I know you said you came to Christ in college, but tell us a little yeah. bit about you know did you grow up a Christian? like yeah. w- what's that relationship been like?
1: Yeah, so I, I remember uh, vaguely remember when I was really little praying with my grandmother to yeah. accept Christ um, and she's pretty proud of that story uh, naturally as, <laughs> as any grand, as any grandmother should be uh-huh. um and then I remember just going through elementary school middle school high school um kind of went to church kind of didn't you know I'd maybe you know I'd claim I was a Christian I, I'd I'd pray before games because you know I wanted good luck and I of wanted course God's favor yeah, on God my wants side. your team to win that's what yeah. you think <laughs> um I tried to be a good kid and just naturally thought I was I was saved and I was right with God because I was a good person you know and uh, I go to college, and that's when it's, okay, now it's time to grow up. I'm away from your family, your friends, kind of on your own, living in a dorm room, all of that stuff. Um, and I'll never forget, I, I go to our first practice, um, and Dante Perez was his name. He was a senior quarterback at the time, and we're just sitting there, and my head spinning. Like, I'm already, like, I'm away from my family, my friends. Uh, i got to learn a whole new offense, a whole new playbook. My mind is in a million places, and we're just sitting there stretching. He's like, hey, bro, have you ever read the Bible? I'm just like, okay, right now is probably not the time to have this conversation. Uh, but it was funny because at the time I, I kind of had said, you know, it's time to start growing up and start, you know, thinking about why I, why do I say I'm a Christian? I don't even know what it means. I barely even know this Jesus character. Um, and so him and I ended up meeting the entire uh, first year of, hmm. of of school there, uh, going through the Bible once a week and just read the entire New Testament in just like two months with him back and forth and my perspective of of faith and of Christ and following Christ was just flipped on its head. I realized quickly it's not about what I can do, it's about Mm -hmm. that it's already done, you know, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works. And that verse kind of just like, once I read that in Ephesians, like I was like, dang, this is not what I thought it was. And then you go on and read more and more through the Bible and you learn it's all about grace and then the rest comes out of overflow from your heart. And then you go and study, okay, what are these other religions all about? And you realize how quickly, you know, Christianity and why it's so different because it's not about earning anything, it's about it's already been done for you by Christ and now we just get to live out of that. Um, and so that's when uh, my, my freshman year is when my life completely changed for Christ and uh, I owe it to Dante, I owe it to a lot of people along the way that kind of helped uh, point me in the right direction.
0: I love hearing that, I love hearing that and, and you still stay in touch with Dante?
1: I do. Just talked to him a couple of weeks ago. That's yep. amazing. He's a great guy. Great guy. Pretty cool.
0: I think. Yeah. I, I think that it's always astounding to me. You know. I mean, I could s- share my story about you know how God brought somebody into my life um, that introduced me to Christ and helped walk with me along the way. And everybody that I've talked to, usually when you ask about like their story, their testimony, there's always a name. Yeah. You know, for you is Dante, but for somebody else, there's it, a different name. Where God used just a regular, ordinary person to maybe speak up, I'm sure that Dante was probably like, I don't know what this kid's gonna think of me when I ask this question, Uh, but God used him. And so I I think expressing gratitude for the way that God works through people, because and it only makes sense, like you even said it, like this isn't a religion, it's a relationship. God desires to have a relationship with you. So the most effective way that you come to know him is via relationships. There's no such thing like in the New Testament as like solo life, solo ministry. Jesus always sent them out by twos. And so I just want to, like, encourage all of you, um, even, like, in your own walk, uh, like, when you have those little impulses to say something or to invest in somebody's life, to act upon it. You're never going to go, like, oh, I think I've got it all figured out, or they're going to probably respond to me. You might get shot down by it. But God could use you in tremendous ways to change the trajectory of somebody's life. It's how he always works. So I think that's incredible. Um, I know that for you, uh, you know, it really matters— how you live your life and what you give back off the field. And that's one of the things I've been really impressed with. Tell us a little bit about your foundation and some of the ministries you guys are involved in.
1: Yeah, so the AO1 Foundation uh, started in 2017 uh, after my rookie season. It was just my brother and I um, trying to figure out how we wanted to give back. And so it's kind of, evolved over time and now we got a handful of you know folks that work on staff with us Um, you know first thing we have a sports complex in Haiti we partnered with Mission of Hope down there um, which is super cool Uh, built a sports complex as a turf soccer field Hmm. which is incredible which if you go to Haiti and you do a flyover on a drone or in a plane and you see this big green piece of turf stands out stands out like a sore (laughs) thumb Uh, and so these kids to be able to go and play soccer on a turf field versus on a rock bed or on dirt or all of that. Uh, It's got two basketball courts, uh, locker rooms. And um, it's been really cool to see Haitian staff during COVID and just some political unrest over there. Um, North Americans haven't been able to be there quite much at all. You know, We our team with AO1 hasn't been able to get over there and uh, it's still running. It's still running. It's still thriving. The Haitian uh, staff members are kicking butt over there and you're seeing these kids show up in uniforms and referees wearing real ref outfits and all the villages and local teams coming and cheering for each other. Uh, kind of gives me goosebumps when I see these videos. And so that's been really cool. Uh, that was one of our ministries. Hmm. Second ministry is a food truck. You've probably seen it here out back mm-hmm. around the city. Uh, we have a food truck here in Philly that just goes around and gives out free food and gives out Jesus and resources and prays with people. Um, kind of goes in anywhere and everywhere, and that's been a lot of fun. Uh, our chef on that is, is really good, as I think you can attest yes. to. the chef uh,
0: made our staff lunch at an all-staff meeting amazing. Yeah, she I does. just want to give a shout-out to her. She was incredible. Char-
1: Charity does a great job, and so does the entire staff. Um, and then we have our outdoor ministry uh, back in based in North Dakota, but we have some trips around here in the Indiana area as well. Um, and we got kids that have overcome life-threatening illnesses or are still going through different tragedies or those types of things. Um, and we get them in the outdoors. We get them on hunting trips, fishing trips, hiking trips, rafting trips. Um, and then every night they go back and we have a, a mentor that, on our team that We'll pray with these kids, go through a devotional and all of those things. So it's pretty simple. We want to physically bless people and spiritually bless people. Um, And it's really three things we're passionate about, you know, sports and how that brings people together and brings them to God. Uh, The outdoors, I've always connected with the outdoors um, and connected to God through the outdoors as well. And then food. Everybody loves food. Everyone can rally around food. Uh, And so those are the three (laughs) things we're about. Yeah. Well...
0: Well, I want, to, I want to commend you for all that because I've been able to observe and I've been able to participate in some of those ministries. And it's, it's awesome, the difference that you're making. Yeah. And, you know, you're a young guy, you know, uh, relatively speaking. You know, tw- 29 years old, been able to accomplish a lot already. You're leveraging this. And, you know, you and I have talked about this before. You're very aware. Like, this is a temporary career that you have. Like, football one day will come to an end. So while you're in it, you're leveraging the platform, the resources, the opportunity to make a big difference in people's lives. And I just want to commend you for that. But with all, yeah, give it up. Um, but with like uh, tremendous opportunity comes like a lot of scrutiny, you know, and, and there's a lot of pressure. You wear a lot of different hats at a young age. So you're first and foremost a Christ follower, you're a husband, you're a father. You know, NFL quarterback, I know, and your list of priorities is like on down, uh, but, but that creates a lot of pressure. And, uh, you know, I know I kind of cracked the joke at the beginning, but, you know, we can just kind of address the elephant in the room. I remember having dinner with you this, this month last year. Yeah and you were talking about the trials that you went through in Philly, and you are kind of like, I'm glad all that's over, you know. And, and here I am in Indy, and we were all really excited, and, and it, it didn't pan out. We'll kind of leave it at that. We obviously see on the news and all those stories. I've just been appreciative of how you've handled yourself. Like not very many people would be, I I don't know that I would be able to do it. I think I'd want to be defensive and and offer explanation. And there's just a poise about you that you can tell there there comes like this, Uh, inner strength and so not very like I think all men uh, struggle uh, to various degrees separating their identity from what they do yeah so it's like so oftentimes when people say hey tell me about yourself I might say well I'm a pastor or this is what I do for a living but that's not who I am it's what I it's my temporary assignment And the danger of that is like when things are going well, I can think pretty good of myself. When things are going bad, I can think pretty lowly of myself. And, you know, regardless of whether or not the guys in this room think they could have done your job better. um, (laughs) And I know you're out there. um, uh, You know, when it comes to our careers, very few of us have uh, our worst moments put on TV in slow motion over and over and over again. So, uh, Carson, like, how do you navigate the pressure, the scrutiny, the things that people
1: say? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, walking through it every day, for starters. Hmm. Um, you know, I go to the verse, Colossians 1.10. Am I now trying to win the approval of, of men or of God? you know, and that kind of first and foremost is, okay, what's my identity? It's not for other people. I'm not doing what I'm doing for other people, but it's for God. You know, Colossians 3.23 says, whatever you do, work out with all your heart as working for the Lord, not for men. Mm-hmm. And so those things kind of just remind me, you know, I have to go to those every day, you know, and remind myself in those moments, like, because those those real human impulses are real. Mm-hmm. You, know, is, you know, when this trade happened, for example, you know, you're trying to navigate something um, because you're a player, you're a football player, but you're also a husband, you're also a man, uh, and you're a follower of Christ. And it's easy to kind of get those lost and shuffle and be like, okay, as a player, I'm kind of, I'm frustrated or I'm mad or I'm bitter or resentful or all these feelings that are real. And okay, now as a man, I got to prove myself. I got to do this, that, and the other. And all mm. those things are real emotions that come up. Um, but that's why Christ follower can't just be one of the four things. Mm. It has to be the, the one. Thing. Yeah. And the rest come from that. And so. For me, it's gotta say, okay, I'm a follower of Christ. So first and foremost, God, what are we doing here? What are you doing here? What are you trying to teach me? What's next? How can I be obedient with the next step? And that's so easy to say, and it's very hard to do, but at the same time, that those, those real emotions I mentioned, they're gonna be there. And no matter how hard you pray them away or fight them away, they're gonna be there. So you have to take authority and say, okay, I'm a follower of Christ first, and now what do I do? What mm-hmm. do I do next? God, what are you teaching me? I'll never fully know what God's up to behind the scenes. You know, we might see bits and pieces of, of things here and there. And, um, but on this side of the veil, you might just not ever fully know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can be obedient with the, and take the next right step. And that's all I'm trying to do. Um, mm-hmm. And that's hard. That's hard. And it's a lot of fun. It's challenged. It's a lot of things. Um, but I got a great team with my wife and kids around me. And uh, we have fun on this adventure.
0: Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. You know, um, I think you referenced this a little bit last hour because, um, you know, character um, isn't revealed when the winds are back and going well, but character is often revealed when life kind of sucker punches us or takes yeah. us on a wild ride. And so uh, talk a little bit, I know you, you mentioned this, like when you were in Philly, you know, you were having an incredible season. You were like on your way, you know, like talks of MVP was going around, got guys going to the Super Bowl, your team did, but you got hurt. Yeah. And so talk a little bit about that season.
1: Yeah. So that season... I mean, it's been this overarching theme that I've been learning uh, from God uh, of just surrender. You know, back before I hurt my knee, man, I had really good control of my life, I thought. You know, I I got this planned out, God, like this is how it's going to go. Winning a lot of football games on the field, like I'm chasing after you, God. Like I had this plan and um, then I tore my ACL, my LCL, I did a whole mess to my knee. And um, just this moment of surrender that uh, God bless my wife, who is my... Uh, girlfriend at the time that she's still with me uh, <laughs> because I was I was a mess. I was a mess and I was not a very good patient. I was impatient um, and it was something I had to walk through and just this, this understanding of surrender became real in a new way. Mm. Uh, and then watching my team uh, win the Super Bowl uh, was another challenge and, you know, you, you dream of that moment as a kid, you know. Yeah. When I was in third and fourth grade, I dreamed of being in the NFL. In the NFL. And then you dream. When I'm in the NFL, I'm going to hoist that Lombardi trophy. I'm going to be standing up there. And I got all those things, but I was in street clothes. And so it's, mm. it was just a different uh, level of surrender I had to walk through. And uh, ever since then, I was like, okay, I got that checked off, right? God, mm. like we walked through that. The surrender's <laughs> good. Okay, now we can get this I've back on script, lesson. right? Yeah. Uh, and then it's just another lesson in surrender over and over oh. um, within my professional career. Um, but... Uh, god 's always God 's always working on our hearts and knows what yeah. we need and and just how you respond in, in each time is just like you 're learning uh, i 'm trying to learn every every time is just okay, take the flesh and the human nature side out of it and just say, okay God
0: yeah yeah
1: what yeah let 's lay it before him what do you have uh, let 's do this thing yeah
0: yeah, I appreciate that and You know, I just want to encourage you, you know, I don't know very many 29-year-olds that have that perspective. Honestly, there's not a lot of 29-year-olds that have been in the position and the pressure that you've been in. So I think God's accelerating that maturity for you. And I think your best contributions will come off the field because of the adversity on the field. And, uh, you know, I don't think I've had a chance to share this with you, but like I've had a couple of your teammates, like I've talked to them and they've just talked about what kind of a guy you are. And I had uh, the uh, privilege of talking to coach Tony Dungy because he was in town to run the mini marathon with his wife. And uh, I was talking to him in the lobby of the JW Marriott and he said a, so many great things about you. And so I just want to pass that on to you. Um, you deserve it. and I want you to receive that. So,
1: appreciate um,
0: it. Uh, Carson, what is uh, you know what, what is it that, that motivates you? I know you, you're with Washington now, kind of a new season, new beginnings. Yeah. But like, what, what's motivating? What's driving you uh, into yeah. the future now?
1: Yeah, I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit. Just with that Colossians 3.23 mm-hmm. verse always is, you know, whatever you do, work out with all your heart. You know, I just remember that as if you're working for the Lord. So wherever God places me, I'm going to do it with all my heart. And so mm-hmm. that always motivates me. Coming home from work to three dogs that, are super excited and then usually get pushed to the side so I can go see my wife and kids. Yeah. Um, you know, that motivates me, because um, they don't care how I did at practice or in a game, whether I threw five touchdowns, five picks, uh, sat on the bench, or rode the bike. They don't care. Um, and so that, those things always motivate me. Um, and then just to, to make a difference, to, to mm-hmm. continue to try and make a difference, because one day, like we, we've talked, I don't know how long I'm going to play this game. You know, God, God's writing that story, but. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady's kind of changing perspective on yeah. that a little bit with age, uh, <laughs> but he's kind of the outlier. Uh, yeah. So this is a season of life, um, and so how do we make a difference while we can and then continue that into the, whatever the next chapter is whenever it may come.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's such a healthy perspective. Like, what do you want to be known for?
1: I want to be known, uh, so it's funny because this morning walking in, uh, I literally get out of my truck and, hey, you're that quarterback. <laughs> and. And the guy was very nice, and, you know, I don't, like, mean any disrespect to him, but it's like I feel like I have an uphill battle to to show that I'm, I'm not a quarterback more first. That, yeah. You know, I'm right. a follower of Christ first. Mm-hmm. I'm a husband. I'm a father. I'm, I'm all these things. Quarterback is just my profession. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. And so uh, I want to be known as more than a quarterback. You know, I want to be known as someone that was unashamed, that was bold, that wasn't afraid to— to share Christ wherever he went. And uh, it's it's easier to say and harder to do, uh, mm-hmm. especially in our culture in this day and age. But uh, I just want to be known as someone that loved their family well, loved well, served well. Um, I got a lot of work to do in that, those departments, mm-hmm. but uh, it's yeah. a journey.
0: Yeah, as we all do, as we all do. And, you know, I think the, the, like the older I get, like the more I recognize it's, it's really all about like staying on your feet. You know, it's like just stay standing. You know, I think there's something about just faithfulness. Like, uh, I think it's roughly 20% of leaders in the Bible finished well. That means 80% didn't. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, you know, every time I walk out to the car after a day of work or after a Sunday, I'm just like, God, I'm one day closer to finishing well. You know, yeah. just help me stay on my feet. And so I, uh, I think you're off to a really great start uh, with that, and uh, it's exciting to see. What uh, types of things would you want to just encourage uh, the men and the dads that are yeah. listening to this today? Offers us some encouragement.
1: Yeah, I'd probably say, you know, every time I'm asked for how would you encourage others, I kind of say, how would I try to encourage myself? You know, how, what, what can I kind of focus on? And, you know, the one thing that comes to mind is to, to have grace for yourself. You know, being mm-hmm. a parent is very hard. Um, And I think it's easy. I see this in in my marriage. I see it with my kids to, uh, you know, wife makes a mistake or your daughter makes a mistake and to forgive them and have grace. Uh, I think it's sometimes hard for me when I make a mistake or I respond in a way I don't want to, uh, to just kind of feel shame and kind of give the enemy a foothold in that. Um, And it's okay to to make mistakes, to have grace for yourself Um, because we are not perfect and we won't be perfect fathers, but we have a perfect father. Um, And that's what we always have to rest on. Uh, Another thing for me is to just always remind myself to be present, be present uh, at work, be present um, with my kids, with my wife. You know, I'm a very forward thinker. I'm always trying to, you know, have a vision for what's next in the future and um, this, that, and the other. And sometimes I can miss what's right in front of me. So I would just challenge everybody to be present uh, with their kids and the, the good and the bad and enjoy every step of the way or be present at work. You never know when someone's going to come in that had a really rough night the night before and uh, needs you. Whatever that looks like, you don't know. But just be present, be aware, um, be in tune with the spirit in those moments um, and then lastly, I'd just say be bold. I think in our culture, uh, kind of what I ta- ta- touched on earlier, um, just being bold and being unashamed, I think it's uh, it can be fearful it can cause some fear in some of us to want to step out and say something or or be bold in that area or to challenge you know you see something at work or something that someone's saying the wrong thing to you to correct them on that or, or to, um, you know, be bold for Christ. But I think uh, you'd be surprised how many people around you might have the same feelings you have that are also fearful to say the, the right thing or to step out for Christ. And so uh, I just challenge everybody to be bold in that because this culture and this world we live in, we need more followers of Christ that can rise up and say the, the right things in those moments because um, it's it's crazy out there these days. <laughs> um, and so those would be the three things I would, I would say to myself that I would encourage everybody else with.
0: It's so good, it's so good. And I would say yes and amen to all that. And I would tag like one more thing onto that. And I would say to all the guys, specifically in the room, this is true for everybody, but to all the guys in the room, uh, don't do this alone. Like don't do life alone. Like some of the latest statistics on manhood is that, uh, I mean, it's a high percentage, but a lot of grown men uh, don't have a close friend. Or, or they say, you know, no, well, you know, my, my closest friends were the guys I went to high school with or college, it was friends in the past. But with families and jobs and responsibilities, uh, we found it hard to cultivate yeah. like new friendships. And if uh, the enemy wants to take you out, he'll, he'll get you alone. Yeah. He'll take you out of relationships. And I mentioned already, I just got back from uh, a fly fishing trip in Wyoming with a bunch of guys. And we sat around a campfire every night. You ever want to get guys to open up, just light a fire. Yep. And it's just like the flames just like open us up. and. Yep. We cried together and we got really honest with each other. And uh, many of us admitted that we were lonely. And so I just want to encourage you guys, like, I mean, that's, that's like, when we talk about groups and we talk about the church and relationships, like I really genuinely mean that. Um, I want you to be in relationship with one another. And I think uh, we definitely need this. I love what it says in, in Proverbs, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. And so we want to be able to sharpen each other, encouraging each other, stay in the game, stay on your feet man you know you you take a haymaker to the face and you're wobbling it's like stay on your feet and so uh thank you for uh everything you you said thank you for your example uh i know that uh, uh your career here in indy did not go as we anticipated but i think that god used you in ways that you might never know over the course of this last year and I want to thank you, Carson, for what you've contributed to our community, the encouragement you've been to me personally, to our church family, and just who you are as a person. it's paying huge, huge dividends. So. Thank you. Thank you.: So hey, I want to ask if Carson would pray, and then I'm going to pray for us, and then I'll let you guys go. Carson, pray
1: Yeah. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just uh, come before you with gratitude. Thank you for this day. Um, thank you for our time together. Thank you for this church. Thank you for Pastor Aaron's leadership and um, just willingness to, to say the hard things and to um, just put you first in every uh, situation. God, we just pray for um, everybody out there today. Um, this, this day can bring about a lot of emotions, um, some good, some bad, some heartache. Um, and so, God, we just pray for healing where healing needs to be. For peace, where there's uh, a lack of it. And God, just uh, we just thank you um, for the fathers and um, just pray that you would just give us all the patience that we need to raise our families uh, well and to lead our families well. Um, we just thank you for this time together. Thank you for this church. Just pray a blessing over every man and woman in here um, that we would just be uh, bold for you, live unashamed um, and just live against this culture, God, and just live for you uh, mm. fully and outrightly. We love you and we thank you.
0: Father, we're so grateful for the example that you've given to us as Heavenly Father, where you uh, sacrifice your one and only Son for us so that we might be in relationship with you. And so God, I pray that today that if there's anybody listening to this that um, is maybe grew up in a religious home, but not necessarily a Christ-centered home, or maybe somebody that's here that's not familiar with you, that they would begin to recognize that what you desire is not religious external behavior, but a relationship where somebody has changed from the inside out. Thank you for doing all the heavy lifting for us. Thank you for grace. Thank you for justice. Thank you for mercy and love. God, I pray that uh, somebody's life would be impacted today in a big way, maybe for eternity as they step across that line of faith and receive you. Maybe there's gonna be somebody here that's recognizing that uh, as a man, they've been finding their identity in the wrong things and they wanna find their identity in you and uh, claim their sonship. And uh, Father, I pray for those people here today who uh, don't have a dad. Maybe he passed away, maybe he is just absent from their lives, if not physically, emotionally, and spiritually. God, I just pray that you would bring healing uh, into their uh, hearts pray that they would be able to distinguish the shortfalls of their earthly father from their heavenly father and to recognize that we don't want to confuse those that if you don't have a very good example of an earthly dad we have a heavenly father who redeems and restores god thank you for carson and maddie and their family and what they mean to us as a church and as a community god i just uh, pray a blessing over him Uh, Thank you for his character and his willingness to profess your name when, not just when it's easy, but when it's hard. And uh, so, God, I just uh, thank you that he was willing to come and uh, make an investment uh, into us today. And uh, we uh, just ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. amen.